1: to the White Witch Podcast with me Carly. Hope you are all well witches. I haven't got a book review for you today I'm sorry to say. Struggled with some real doozies of books recently but reading a couple currently that I will be happy to recommend on the next episodes. Today's episode is of course very risque and for the over 18s it is a far cry from a prim
0: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: bombas big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Rose Hill episode talking about tea sets and trips to the woods. I am joined by the wonderful Bee, who was previously on our Crystals episode. Today, she's going to be talking with us about sex magic and many important related topics around it. It is a real deep dive. I make it very awkward in points, as I'm sure you will pick up on at times, but B was ever the professional. I just wanted to say in the episode, I referenced me being in the crone phase of life and sort of listened back to it and thought I should clarify. I don't mean that in terms of my life stage, but I guess more the phase of life I see myself in currently, as I believe in all of us, regardless of age, we feel that we might be in that maiden, mother, crone energy at any point. I feel the seasons are changing currently and I'm seeing that daily in nature. So I feel myself sensing that maiden energy coming through in me and with spring and in bulk on the horizon. So I must just say, have an amazing in bulk, which is in the forthcoming week, however you honour it. On that note, I need to remind you, I do have a little zin called The Hedge Witch's Broomstick that covers the Sabbath of Imbolc and Ostara. And it looks at Brigid, egg witchcraft, the hare, hot cross buns, plants linked to the spring season, such as primroses, bluebells. There are other topics in there, such as all about the besom, the witch's familiar, the element of air deities such as Ariane Rod and Rhiannon, plenty of spring themed witchy aspects to delve into. I have produced sins that cover the entire year and its sabbaths and the link for my Etsy store is in the show notes and I post all over the world. In terms of what I've been up to recently, I've just released on my Patreon The Witches Institute an incredibly witchy episode on the Guardians of the Watchtower. It was one of the most interesting rabbit holes I have been down recently. In that episode, I delve into Archangels, kings of each element's kingdom, the ancient origins of the Guardians of the Watchtowers from Mesopotamia and Southern Europe, We touch on alchemy, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Crowley, Gardner, and Enochian magic. The episode also comes with illustrated grimoire pages that you can print off and keep. The Witches Institute has a ton of Patreon podcast episodes, grimoire sheets, meditations, folklore retellings, access to our witchy community and just a ton of other witchy content links to that particular episode. There are also podcast episodes and grimoire pages on each of the elements and how you can work with them in your craft. But for now, join me and B after the break to talk all about sex magic. Welcome back. I am here with Bianca, the lady behind Sensual Sorcery. B runs spiritual workshops in Colchester, Essex. And you may remember her when she came on the podcast previously to talk crystals. Now she is back to talk about sensuality, sex, and how to incorporate it into our magical practice. Welcome to the show again, B. <laughs> Hi.
0: I'm so happy to be back. It's been I think it's been like literally a year since the episode came out. Do you um, know episode. your
1: episode is the most popular episode of the whole podcast?
0: I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> I've had some really good feedback from it when people have come to see me in person. They've been like, Oh, I listened to your podcast, it was amazing. And I was like, Oh, thank Carly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I loved doing that episode with you and obviously, you know, become firm friends since. So I'm really glad mm-hmm. to have you on. I um, Yeah, I was going to say, we're looking at a very different topic today. So firstly, yes. I, I wanted to ask how you ended up doing this practice yourself.
0: So I've always been quite a sexual person uh, and quite a sensual one as well. I'm quite at times been quite hedonistic Um And I was always like the horny one out of the group. I was always like the one with the the dirty mind and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always kind of been in touch with my more fiery side. Um, My mum was quite good at not encouraging it in a way, but kind of creating safe spaces for me to discuss the topic of sex and stuff. And then as I've got more into my spirituality, I'd probably say in the last four years, when I started working with Aphrodite Venus, it just made sense to start looking into it more and start incorporating it. Um, and it probably started off with like mindful masturbation, and then kind of excelled from there.
1: Can you give us some insight into sex magic and how we might want to get started with it? Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, first of all, disclaimer: just that I, so people are clear that I'm not a qualified sex therapist, I'm not a healthcare professional, um, but I am a very body body positive, sex positive person. Um, and that this is all for people aged 18 and over and things like that. just wanted to get that all out of the way because it's good to discuss your boundaries before getting involved in anything sexy. Yeah. So I think the first step would be in learning what I mean by sexual magic and sensual magic is that sex and fertility is all around us all the time and we probably work with it without realizing. So this is just things like, when you're watching the birds and the bees flying around um that like there' there's sex about so just bees going from like one flower to the next that's sexual energy it doesn't have to be penis in vagina sex um and it's just about living in that embodied um version of yourself, and you can start to incorporate it in ways like trying to be more mindful of your body so when you're eating your food when you're feeling the sun on your skin um, and kind of picking up on the idea that we're all made from a sperm and an egg um, despite what people's identities might be we're all created from the same thing and this is what makes it inclusive no matter what your gender identity is or what your sexual orientation is is that we're all made from sperm and an egg we're all made from creative energy um, we should be looking to have a balance of masculine and feminine within ourselves so that we can produce things into and manifest things into the life around us. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you just saying that B, it's just made me think like, honestly, I am getting a little bit of a, because this is kind of a collective thing across the years. When mm-hmm. I start talking about sex there's always a little bit of the feeling of shame that comes up mm-hmm. because that is what we've been taught. And it's kind of, if you, whenever I look to my craft and I kind of very much align with the Morrigan. I really resonated mm-hmm. with what you said about being out of your group, the really like sexual one. I really hope my mum's not listening <laughs> to this, but if she is, she's a grown woman and she's going to get it. I really resonated with what you said about in your group and the dynamic because I always used to get ribbed for being like the less glamorous, like Samantha sex in the city one. Cause yeah. I was the same. <laughs> I was like, went to an all-girls <laughs> you know it was just like sex was just on the brain all the time and you know that so I get that but Mm -hmm. I think when I came to the craft it was the first time I was like oh my goodness we've been so you know it's just so inherent the shame that comes around talking about sex but then if you look at pagan rituals and you know going like amaying and so on and going off into the woods and kind of you know like maybe like swapping partners and all these things and conversations about um different rituals and so on that link to fertility ancient Mm -hmm. ones it's only in my humble opinion as you know the church came in and then ultimately it's demonized and there's tons of shame around it and that still is kind of inherent in a lot of us. We've come into this topic, and hopefully, you can kind of get rid of some of that on our conversation today.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it takes time. Like I still struggle with yeah. it sometimes, um, and I get imposter syndrome as well because I think you know when I'm talking about sex, I'm trying to promote sex positive space and things. I think you know I'm not having sex all the time. I don't know how to do like all these tips and tricks that you know when you think of like a sex guru and you think that they can do like all these somersaults some on penises or something and then I get this imposter syndrome and I need to relate it back like we're we're all sexual in a sense we're all created from sex even if yeah. it's through uh, fertility treatment that's still sex energy if that makes sense
1: also this all links to abundance you know when you were kind mm-hmm. of coming to um looking at it in nature and so on now I know you have used sex magic in relation to manifesting can you talk us through why and how we should and could try this as a practice?
0: Yeah. So you can just, if you're already somebody who's doing um, the kind of manifestation things that are coming up at the moment, like journaling, working with the moon cycles, et cetera, you can do it all alongside that. Um, I think it really helps when, do you know how you're meant to kind of visualize what your dream life would look like or whatever you're trying to manifest would look like? You yeah. should really try and move it into all your senses. And I think when you're um, bringing pleasure to your body, whether that's just giving yourself a massage, whether you're doing like mindful masturbation, whether you're just playing with an a area in your body that's particularly sensitive for yourself, it can really tap you into it. And I find that when I'm building up a sexual energy and getting closer to an orgasm, um, although you don't need to orgasm for this to work, uh, you're still building up that energy regardless. As you're kind of being more in your body and you can feel the energy building, if you're being kind of aware of how your body's going, you can then try and visualize what it would feel like to say, let's say, for example, I'm trying to manifest my business growing and I was wanting to have a shop. I would visualize how that money would feel in my hands, how good my body would feel when I have a customer come through the door, when you make your first big sale and you feel that excitement in your body as you're feeling the pleasure and you keep kind of going and pushing forward and feel the excitement, how good it feels to have your dreams come true. And then upon feeling like you have built enough energy or through your climax you can then send that out to the energy that send that energy out to the universe and I mean at the end of the day I've, I've, I'm now talking about sex magic on a really popular podcast so something must have been working <laughs> in order for me to get to this point you know what I mean and I've used it for other things um, I've used it for to release pent-up emotions such as anger or block tears um, where I've built up sexual energy and then i've allowed as i've been climaxing to feel that rage surge through me or allow myself to kind of feel super emotional Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um which has been mind-blowing because i've definitely had some suppressed emotions down there before that have been released
1: i can really relate to that because i have orgasmed and cried and I've been like where did that come from like what is that completely freaked out my (laughs) (laughs) ex-partner and it's just been like a huge release and it is one of the highest emotions and I think when you are in that moment of climax like there's no shame around it it just doesn't you know such a genuine authentic high vibration that I don't think you can feel any other way um Mm -hmm. I guess like I'm sort of going off like tangent a bit as well but I'm glad that you're talking about obviously not just sex magic in relation to working with a partner as well because I really feel like for many of us there can be a lot of issues and so a lot of our witches I'm sure are trying to like date and it's a bit of a minefield out there and more of us are single than ever before (laughs) and also you know it's really difficult with like the hookup culture and you know Mm. I've been both sides of the fence I've been the hookup culture and I'm kind of in my like crone phase of you know just like um not opting to have sex unless it's with somebody and it's like sacred and you know like I feel like there's Um, my, my criteria is very different now. So I feel for me, like, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting into this as a, as a solitary practice as well, because yeah, definitely there are many, you know, there are many issues that, um, many of us might have around it as a practice with a partner. Mm -hmm. So I guess we are looking at different ways that we can work with sex magic, how can we work with like sex in our magical practice? What are some different ways that we could perhaps do it on our own or I guess with a partner yeah. also
0: So if you're doing it with a partner um you need to make sure that you have got full consent. I know that, I know that sounds obvious, but if it's some, they need to be aware that it's a spiritual aspect and that they may be getting involved in what we would call spell work because a lot of people might think oh yeah kinky witch oh yeah i'm up for this <laughs> but they need yeah. to really be aware that this is a spiritual thing and i think we need to be really mindful on who we want to do that with because you know we do create bonds with people um when we're doing magic even without sex magic like if you've ever worked in a coven or worked with another practitioner it can be very emotional and if things then don't end up the way you want it that can be quite painful and energetically draining. So I always kind of vet things. <laughs> but other ways you can do it is you can also do it symbolically. So if you are not comfortable with sex at all, uh, for whatever reason, perhaps you're asexual, perhaps you've got a lot of trauma around it, you can use symbols. So this might be, an, an, you can get crystal penises that can represent fertility, masculine energy. Um, you can get, Athames represent a penis, a chalice Mm -hmm. represents a womb. And if you look at the great rite from Wicca, where you dip the athame into the chalice, it's literally penetration. But it's it's purely symbolic. You can do it with your clothes on. Um, So that's a good way to kind of start and just recognizing where the sex is actually popping up. That you've already been practicing um another example i can think of is yule you've got the mistletoe and um, berries that are white and you've got the red holly berries they very much represent menstrual blood and sperm yeah so it's it's all weaved in there anyway and just trying to notice where it is is a really good starting point uh the mindful masturbation a really good one and this is a good one to help you work through your shame as well particularly if you don't masturbate anyway And don't aim for orgasm to be the goal. Just aim for exploration, curiosity, and pleasure. Um, So you can keep a journal um, after masturbation. Be like, oh, when I was touching my breasts, for example, you might have felt shame that they're not as perky as they used to be or whatever it is. And you can write down and it can really help you highlight where you might have some issues that you need to work through in order to be able to fully express yourself sexually. You can also look at working on the chakras. So all the chakras, you could argue, can relate to sexual energy. For example, you could say the throat. Um, you could say it helps you express your sexual desires verbally, helps you stand in your own sexual truth. Um, you could also even say like the moaning. Oh, Sorry, uh, the moaning in the moment um, could be throat chakra. But the main ones really is the root chakra, which is the physical health of it. Um, yeah. So this might be looking after any sexual infections you may get if you've got things like endometriosis, any kind of pain in this area, rectal dysfunction, that's kind of on the physical side, just to do with the root chakra. Then you've got the sacral chakra, which is what most people think of when they think of sex. And this is all about the playfulness, the pleasure of it, feeling the sensations in your body. And I've always found it interesting that the sacral is also to do with your inner child. And it's the location of the genitals. So it makes sense that it's about sex and child because, you know, we're all made from some form of sexual cells coming together. And then the heart chakra, let me know if I'm speaking too fast, by the way. I get no, no, I'm listening to <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, the heart chakra is more about our relationship with ourselves, So self-love, which is quite important when you're working through these things. And then our relationships with others. So that's when we start having sexual partners. And things like that. There's also, um, you can incorporate crystals into your sex life. So this could be literally just having crystals around you while you're masturbating or having sex. Or it could be even crystal sex toys. Um, I'm a proud owner of a rose quartz stildo. And I absolutely love it. Don't always use it sexually because it could be quite cold. But it's yeah. it just it's cool that you can do that. Um, You can even go into kinkier side of things. Always be play safe um, whenever you get into any kind of kink or any kind of sex, to be honest. Um, But you can use role play, um, much like we do, say you're in a coven and you're doing a circle. You might have a high priest or a high priestess. You might have someone taking on the role of a a spring fertility goddess. You can bring that into the bedroom. Um, You've even got old tools like the scourge, which is basically a whip, again be safe with your practices but you could if you're if you're into impact play you could bring that into its spiritual purposes as well so there's 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 a lot of things there's tantra as well i'm not a specialist in tantra um i don't really do yogic um practices but that's something you can look into and tantra isn't just about sex it's much more expansive than that so yeah that's that's a couple of the ways off the top of my head that i can kind of think of and before i forget offering orgasms and pleasure as offerings to deities that you work with now I would only do this if you've had like a longer term rapport with a deity um so you've been working with them for a year or so or quite intimately rather than just like picking a deity and then throwing an orgasm that way if you know what I mean
1: (laughs) yeah 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 I Really, okay. This is like gonna send me off down even more rabbit holes after this episode. Right, let's
0: let's go for it.
1: So many bits you've mentioned. I'm like, oh, this is kind of brought up a tangent for me. I think with the partner aspect, the communication side is so key, isn't it? Because Mm. I just think you've got to before you get anywhere near that, like have so many conversations about what's not going to happen what you're not happy with I'm really painfully direct when I like I'm I'm a right baggage when I meet somebody (laughs) like a your partner (laughs) because I will like it almost interview them on on everything and you know kind of have conversations about sex before we like weeks like before we're way off it Mm -hmm. even happening because I've just got really specific boundaries there's lots of things that are not going to happen and I feel like you know when you have those awkward conversations it just means Everything is going to flow so much easier in the moment. Both of you have got your boundaries. You both know what to expect. And it has freaked some guys out that I'm that direct. But I just don't want to get there. And I think the issue can sometimes be, be, and I think you might relate to this as well, that I find porn can be a huge issue when it comes to sex and partners. I want to say, like, sometimes masculine you know for me obviously I I date men so I do find that porn can be um a really tricky thing to navigate because a lot of people now have these ridiculous ridiculous concepts about you know like you were saying like like acrobatics and things like that and not all of us are going to be able to do that in the bedroom or even want Mm -hmm. to you know it's not that sort of tone and I've really sort of struggled with that in the dating world that yeah like you know these are my boundaries and I'm not prepared to do this or put up with this um and feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, so those conversations definitely sort of separate the wheat wheat from the, the chaff if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean first of all, good on you. It, it it saves you wasting your time and you get to the point where you are like, okay, I want to sleep with you but haven't mentioned anything that you like or don't like and then it's just like oh cool great, um, you know is we I think as women we're often taught to not speak up when something's not good. Like there's the co- the common story of um, you're with someone and they don't know where the clitoris is and they're kind of rubbing your labia rather than the clitoris. Yeah. And we've been told just to let them do it and feel awkward when all it would take for us is to just direct the hand and go oh yeah baby that's it. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, but when men are told, yeah, I want you to do this, I want you to bend over, I want to have sex with you, and it's like, it is imbalanced, and I think if someone is perhaps a little bit immature sexually, and it's not necessarily a fault of theirs, we, we're, not, we're no. not given enough education in it, um, but it can scare them off, but it's probably good that it has, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely, um, like and if they're willing to work with you and understand what you Mm -hmm. a lot of like sexual partners will want to hear what you like they're not going to force on you what they want you to enjoy and I think that's really um liberating when you um get to that point if that makes sense so yeah um yeah it's just I really I really value um having those awkward conversations very early on and yeah yeah so when you finally like, get to that stage, it's, it's it's you know it's a great process. It's a great experience mm-hmm. process. It's a great experience all around.
0: Yeah, like I'm a little bit of a kinkster. Um, like to someone who's very vanilla and there's nothing wrong with being vanilla. I'm quite kinky, but in, within the kink community, I'm not that kinky. Nonetheless. And um, there's it's really important if you are wanting a kinky partner that you discuss what your fuck yeses are and what your hard yeah. nose are, <laughs> that you discuss safe words and things like that. Like it's a must. You must do it. Otherwise, you could end up in some really sticky situations unintentionally. You could unintentionally hurt people. And then you've also got your aftercare. Like, what are you looking for out of this? You know, like afterwards, if I have sex with someone, I like words, of particularly if it's been kinky or a bit different I guess words of affirmation go a long way like oh that was amazing I really enjoyed that and then the feedback of talking about oh I would love to do more of x y or z um, yeah people don't talk about sex enough Um, people get really awkward around it sometimes I get awkward when I've brought it up and then I see someone else get awkward and I'm like oh no I think
1: and, I think...
0: as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it gets misinterpreted as right I'm talking about sex I'm not sexy talking you And I've had people where I spoke about sex and they're like, oh, you've been coming on to me. And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) no, I haven't. I've been talking. Like, you'll know if I'm coming on to you, (laughs) trust (laughs) me. Um, I'm just talking about sex. And yeah. Um, And regarding the porn thing, it is tricky because I'm not anti porn, um, but I think, yeah, but I think we need more. Like there is such thing as ethical porn and pay for your porn. Um, and I try to stay away from pornographic images because, as much as it arouses me, post watching it, I'm like, oh wow, she, you know, she didn't have cellulite; she had like the pinkest. Am I allowed to say pussy on this? Oh, yeah, of <laughs> the pinkest you pussy are, yeah. I've ever seen, the perkiest titties, and even when you put in like BBW or plus size, because I'm a bigger woman, and I'm like, okay, I want to see a woman like me. Um, sometimes they've got like these big bums and big boobs with like no belly. And I'm like, okay. And then, so I've I've actually veered into the world of audio porn, um, which is usually done just by people. There doesn't seem to be many professional, like as you would get professional porn style level of things. And it always comes with content warnings. Like these are the words that are used. It might have indications of this, this, and this. So you can see if it's for you or not straight off the bat which I love it, and I can just ty- type in actual keywords that will come up rather than just the same thing over and over but yeah I think so there needs issue- to be a balance sorry
1: so my issue with porn is that I don't feel that a lot of it is female friendly and I guess we all have mm-hmm. different moods and we might want to take a bit of a I don't know you know maybe like a little bit of rough um but for me you know if I'm very much like straightforward. Like, if you pull my hair, or if you put your hands around my throat, you may find my fist connects with your face. I wouldn't really do that. I'm, I'm a lover, not
0: a fighter. But no, but you want certain- that oh, no. reaction? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That primal reactions that.
1: Sex hmm. has changed over the years because going back ten years ago or whatever, people, there, it wasn't a common thing for you to put your, you know, like for like it's, a, it's very much a trend isn't it like putting your hand around someone's throat and things like that some mm-hmm. people love that I absolutely get it we have all get our different things but if we can have those conversations up front and you know I know we're going to get into this but for me like I have always been very sexually liberated I've always been very um free on that front I I do think when I was younger I I was kind of in control and I loved it there were moments that definitely you know I didn't there were things that happened to me quite early on that you know weren't that weren't the best because I, I you know I didn't manage it so well but generally my experience of sex has been very good very healthy I do think for me and this isn't necessarily a deity that many think of when it comes to sex was the morrigan because mm. she was really like you know empowered female uh, in my mind, you know, had many sexual partners, very sexually free. And I always used to see her as kind of one of my, obviously, work with her, but she was the one that always kind of gave me more of that body confidence to not give a toss and, you know, made me more for, feel more sexual, more empowered with it. But I'll also say I worked, I've got quite a lot of masculine energy and I struggle with the balance of like feminine mm-hmm. and masculine I'm very aware of that often a lot of my girlfriends are very in their masculine energy a lot of my friendships Mm -hmm. have been with guys I've worked in very male-dominated environments and I always think you know when when I was younger and I think even you know a lot of us can probably still think this that you know it always amazes me what people's um like attractions are because we watch porn and everything looks so perfect but mm-hmm. I know some you know different friends of mine who've got really different standards of what they fancy compared to what the media tells us that we should and what they find attractive and so on you know I, I've like like genuinely and I'm I've always been a bigger lady myself and you know I'm not going to toot my own trumpet but I've gone out with some really nice good looking guys that I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. say that I would have thought I was their you know kind of type and I just think that we just don't we we assume so much because what we see in the media through body you know through through the body and how we should look mm-hmm. and half of it is absolute bullshit and it's not what everybody wants at all
0: yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, I remember, so when I've got quite a few male friends. And um, one of the things I learned when I was in the dating scene, um, prior to the relationship I'm in, and I was over worried about this and that, and if I look like this and that, and they were like, they really don't care. Like if you're showing them enough attention and you, you're confident in yourself, they're probably going to want to have sex with you. And sometimes I think as well, this is where we get, um, I remember, hold on, let me rewind my brain there. So I remember one time this guy was into me and he was into me because partly because I was fat like that was part of the initial attraction and my response was like oh why would you like what Ugh. and he was like don't you shame me for who I'm interested in And don't you shame yourself at that yeah. and I was like oh, oh okay yeah. <laughs> I like that. no I
1: absolutely get that my ex my ex was oh my god like so good looking like and and I remember like thinking Oh, you know, like I'm—I am like a bigger girl, you know. And um, but like he—he he, uh, like you know that was his thing. We just can't generalize. We look at people and just assume yeah. that everybody's going to go for this, you know, certain ideal, and that's definitely not the case. And you no. know, I think that's the one thing I've learned in my forties that I've spent most of my life living or thinking you know, I don't worry about it much at all now, but I spent so much of my life trying to hold myself to these standards. Yeah. That no, <laughs> just, you know, that that I wish I'd have known more about this. I mm-hmm. guess it's just time, isn't it? And, but yeah, mm-hmm. like most of our younger younger times, especially I think, you know, the 90s were particularly toxic. The year, 90s, the year 2000s, they were really toxic on that front. There was very little body positivity, heroin chic, mm-hmm. all of that. And curvy girl, I was just, you know, never any problems, but in my mind I was doomed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of unwrapping to do, particularly if you went through the 90s of this perfect image. And we've got all, like, these filters now, and people only show themselves with makeup at certain angles. Um, So I have to be aware of how much time I'm looking at people on my phone. And then sometimes I just need to go out in public and just look at people's faces, just everyday people, and go oh, okay, so you have this, this, and this floor. We've all got these floors. And attraction is so much more than someone looks like. Don't get me wrong. It can help. Um, but I've had guys where I've looked at them say across the bar and I'm like, oh, fuck me. He's gorgeous. I want a piece. And then as soon as he's opened his mouth and said something, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not there for me. And other times I've seen people and I'm like, eh, I'm a type. And then as I've got to know them, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> there's, you know, and there's just so much more to it
1: there's such an energy around people though. Cause I'm for me, like I'm such a sapiophile. Like I, you could be good looking, but if you're not, you know, iron sharpens iron with me, that's what gets me. Like it's, it's not the physical at all. I have mm-hmm. to fancy them, but I've met some guys and they've just got this aura and there's something about them and you know, but, but for me, it's the mind. Like I can't connect mm. with someone if I can't connect with them mentally um, which is a real problem, but
0: yeah. <laughs> it's quality control, it's
1: quality <laughs> control, yeah. My quality control hmm. processes are far too long, but um, yeah, they seem to pay off. Anyway, I say and I'm still single, but I'm happily loving being single. I've got to say, like I know mm-hmm. I, I don't see myself as the spinster on the shelf, and I did for a long time, but now. I um, no, I really do feel a sort of freedom in my I'm, I'm dating I'm doing all the stuff but a lot of the time I'm like you yeah, know my life's good on my own you know I'm, I'm good remaining single and enjoying just what's out there for now. I mm-hmm. touched a little bit on the deities aspect mm-hmm. I know you work with deities in your practice so can you talk us through if and how you work with Deities in relation to sex magic and your relationship with yourself.
0: Yeah, so I guess this is my shout out to <laughs> Aphrodite slash Venus. I just call them Aphrodite Venus because yeah. so, for me it's the same energy. So they are my primary deity that I work with. They were the first deity I worked with, and there's been signs throughout my life that have led me to her, as well as just that gut feeling and that knowing. Um, as that time come so it's just been little things over the years like I'm a Taurus my mum was a Libra we grew up in an all-woman household it was just the two of us my rose has always been my favorite flower I've inherited roses off of like uh, family members who have passed away one of them being the Bianca Rose I was born on Beltane Uh, I was born on the 1st of May and the house I was living in which was a rented house we didn't put the thing there um but there was a beautiful mural in the tile work of the bathroom that had the birth of Venus um, and the classical painting on it. And I had my, um, like anyone that's listened to the crystal podcast I've mentioned before, um, that I've had psychotic episodes and one of them was a spiritual psychotic episode. And it kind of felt like, although I wasn't working with Venus during the time of that, um, that she was there watching over me. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of how I kind of knew it was right. And I remember being in my, my first relationship I had that was long term. It ended up not the best relationship. Um, but I remember the first time he slept over my house in the background was uh, Coraline playing. That's what we were watching and we fell asleep to. And in Coraline, there's a know it sounds weird, but there's a scene where there's um, a fat woman and she dresses up as Venus and she does a play. And it was only yeah. later that I looked back and I was like, oh, you were there. And when I went on my first date with my current partner, who's a much healthier relationship, um, we went past a new beauty bar that had opened up in town that was called called Aphrodite Bar. And I was like, "Okay, okay, I'm listening. So she's always kind of been there for me. Um, I really started working with her um, when I re-entered my spiritual phase because I kind of dropped out of it and then I re-entered it after my mum passed away. And I was going through a lot of therapy as well. So let me make that clear. I was having therapy while I was working alongside Aphrodite. Um, But it really taught me to love myself, um, to find my inner goddess, I guess, to up my standards. Um, And whenever I've had messages from her, they've been quite blunt. (laughs) So it's things like when I've been treating myself like poo, she's been like, the message has basically been like, how would you expect someone to treat you better than you treat yourself? Yeah. Like, what kind of standard are you saying? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's been quite blunt for me personally, my experience, but in a really, like, in a how your best mate should be kind of way. Yeah, um, I, I have that. an altar to her in my living room. Um, I lit her candle before doing this today to be like, let it all go well. Let me make sense as the words come out my mouth. Um, and I've done meditations with her, journeying with her. And whenever I go to the beach, I offer rose quartz, like chips as offerings. Um, And it's probably resulted in me becoming more aware of what my turn ons are, um, more accepting of the kinks that I have. It's inspired me to do more research into like sex and orgasms and things like that helps me embodied living. So I've always suffered with low moods, um, especially in winter. Um, And in the last four years, I would say they have improved again alongside therapy. Um, But I now, so Aphrodite isn't just about sex and having relationships, but it's about love and joy and laughter in life. So it's just finding the bright side of things. It's enjoying, like going back to how I said you could have, start introducing sex magic into your life, feeling the warmth on your skin, feeling what it's like to drink fresh water and have your body feel refreshed, how good it feels when you're in the bath and you're, you're washing your body and you can feel the slopes soap slathering around um, and that's just brought more jo- de- more joy in my day-to-day life and i fucking love it so much <laughs> um yeah working on the body image is, is always an ongoing issue i've had issues with um body dysmorphia in the past and it still crops up here and there um and i've ended up with much better relationships much better friendships um yeah much much better of a time in general. <laughs>
1: Oh, I really, I really relate to that, especially around. I was always completely disconnected from my body because I was always so in my head mm. as an overthinker, and the only reason. So I'm like an I'm obsessed with weightlifting. I've bored most of our listeners with this, and I still am. It's like been a long going thing, but it's the only time in my life, and I appreciate that's a very. I'm very able body wise to do that because I know you know not all our listeners are going to be you know physically able to do this we that I'm very conscious of that as well but there are like lo- lo- you know other methods that we can connect with our body because god the overthinking in relation to my body image was half the issue and yeah. when I could, like, get out of my mind into my body with weightlifting or any form of even going for a walk or whatever, I did find that my relationship with myself changed, but also with my food as well. Um, yeah. And I feel like you were saying about Aphrodite. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I I have had so many, I like to think goddesses kind of, tap me on the shoulder and say can you talk about me now on the podcast (laughs) because like there's always times in my life and I'm like oh my goodness do you remember when like Aphrodite was like screaming in your face there's so many that have kind of I've had things come up for that I'm like I can't work with all of them so now I like embody the goddess just all the aspects of all the goddesses and the maiden Mm -hmm. mother and crone and because I just feel like they're all there and I love them all and I can't choose one so I've just decided to go with the goddess and I started you know praying to her working with her the last few months it's probably around the time of we looked at like Ellen of the Ways and I just really connected with that ancient like primal goddess energy and um I think that's helped me in terms of connection with myself and like you were saying the sort of worth like the self-worth and you know that's really reflected back to me with like I was saying like when I'm when I meet someone you know practically interviewing them for ages before I'll go on a date and you know being so straightforward my boundaries to the point where I think sometimes when you're direct people can say that you're a bitch and I've had that with guys that have been like oh my god you're mm-hmm. so high maintenance or a bitch or whatever and when I've reflected on it and done therapy you know and so on I'm like no you're not it's just some people don't want you to have those boundaries for yourself especially yeah. when it comes around your body and sex and yeah. it's worth noting that those conversations can get some people's backs up if they've got no boundaries for themselves or that's an area that they're lacking
0: in mm-hmm yeah, a lot of the time so, it's a projection for their own benefit yeah, and things like that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But no, I really resonated with, and the thing is, you you got me about being born on Beltane, one of the most sexual sabbaths in a beautiful way, <laughs> I was and you know, to be. <laughs> yeah, like we were saying about the. Um, oh my goodness, like how much of the craft, like the tools are related to, you mm. know, like the body parts, like the maypole, you know, that's got phallic association, yeah. all of Beltane. I find it so poignant you were born then and talking about this. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, it's so amazing how stifled all of that would have been once the church was forced on people
0: yeah
1: not that I'm bashing Christianity but you know you've got to think if you had your certain beliefs and ways and then that was hard pressed on you and you've got no other choice other than to now become Christian in in their eyes you would have lost so much and then so much shame would have been created around it because of a a deterrent to do it Mm -hmm. it must have been just crazy
0: yeah and there's if you look like historically um at the journey of aphrodite and it goes before aphrodite as well there's like um, astarte In- inana and things like that but I, I obviously work with aphrodite so that's where it starts for me so she's grecian goddess she's about love and sex and a she's even got sacred prostitutes sex workers and yeah. then she evolves into as we all kind of know venus and venus um ends up becoming more of like a mother figure as opposed to just like that. She kind of moves from maiden into mother, which is absolutely fine. And it's meant to be one of the um, kind of origin stories of Rome is that her son um, was fled from the Trojan War overwards and ended up leading over there. And that's why Venus is like the mother of Rome. And then as time further goes on and Christianity historically starts to develop, she's then almost basically turned into the Virgin Mary. So she's now not just the mother of Rome, but she's now the Virgin mother of Rome. So slowly but surely parts of her are picked apart, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And her, some of her temples were some of the first to kind of be pulled down by Constantine. So, yeah, it was quite a poignant move in this shift of energies of the world. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's it's such a shame that... Um, people feel so much shame around their own sex and pleasure and women will shame other women I've had it where I use sex toys I'm a massive advocate for sex toys um yes. particularly as a disabled person it's quite useful if my body is sore um and orgasms are good for um pain relief by the way <laughs> um, yes. But I've, yes you know and even if you're not disabled try them and men shouldn't be scared to end bring them into the bedroom because it's just added sensation it's not a replacement nothing will ever replace that that intimacy that touch etc and but I've been at parties where I've it's been mentioned that I've had sex toys and they've been like oh your partner must be doing a good enough job (laughs) or I would never do that and I'm just like shut up (laughs) let me enjoy (laughs) what I want to enjoy if it was me saying oh I really enjoyed a curry last night you wouldn't have an issue it's like what's (laughs) what's your problem and then I realize it's not that they've got a problem with me it's that there's a blockage there for them and that's for them to figure out not me
1: (laughs) absolutely I completely completely understand that I I do get that Mm -hmm. completely I wanted to also say about with Aphrodite I do think she's a really good deity to work with if you have trauma around sex or like Mm -hmm. we've spoken about body positivity with her but yes like any issues around trauma with sex and so on I really think she's a really healing deity for that but also for fertility she's she's definitely in my mind like the go-to whereas I, I always think of the Morrigan for like the kind of dare i say it like the samantha of the sex in the city world you know aphrodite always seems the more sort of sacred um thinking sex deity if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah i was in terms of trauma as well so we've touched on this but any reference to sex can often trigger a lot of different emotions and hang-ups that we might have around our body or former experiences. We touched on it a little bit but is there anything that you have focused on yourself within your practice as a witch or even in other ways that connects to and it's helped you with this?
0: Yeah so again massive advocate for therapy um, especially if it's been a specific trauma or set of traumas um but you can work through just trying to improve your levels of um how can i word it self-respect i guess and learning to love yourself is probably the key place to start with it um and again going back to the when you're doing masturbation if something does kind of crop up write it down and if you feel like you need to stop please do Please listen to your body if it starts to go into that flight or fight mode. Um, Trying to undo some of the body image stuff. uh, For me, it was unfollowing a lot of beauty brands. Now, I love doing my makeup. um, But a lot of the things, it's like, get this to make your... It basically works off of making you feel inferior. It makes you feel like your lashes aren't long enough. That's why you need our lengthening mascara. You've got wrinkles, so therefore you should try and hide it with this. Um, also had to unfollow certain fashion brands um, and I I try and stay away from what we call the fat pants where you, you it sucks everything in and I get some people enjoy them but for me personally I found that it was making me more shameful of my actual naked body so I had to kind of stop using those and just spending more time naked with myself um and that could involve just take if you don't feel comfortable being completely naked with yourself, yourself. Maybe it's just one step at a time, such as taking your bra off and just letting, letting your titties hang while yes. you've still got a top on. But just feeling your body with that weight, particularly if you've got bigger breasts, I guess, um, and just allowing your body to feel like that. Another thing that I did that's also very useful. So I am disabled. Um I have Ellis Danloff syndrome, so I get a lot of fatigue and chronic pain. So, not only do I sometimes deal with a body image aspect and how my body looks, but it's also trying to deal with trying to have a relationship with something that physically hurts you is difficult. And one of the things that's helped me get over that is, um, kind of doing meditations with my body or doing rituals with my body where I've gone to each body part and I have thanked them for the bits that they can do so for example I would thank my feet for supporting my weight because I can stand up for example and then look trying to look at your body as a functional pleasurable thing rather than a visual thing because we're all going to get newsflash: we're all going to get old we're all going to die and we're all going to be dust or rotting bodies depending on your reference of how you're disposed of at the end of it as grim as it is um the visual doesn't last there for long but the pleasure will proceed over time does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I think that's a good place to start Um, And following, I follow content creators that show real bodies. So I follow some plus, for me, some plus size content creators. Um, There's some plus size yoga instructors out there that allow you to adapt for where to pop your belly in certain positions and things. And that's kind of counteracted it. Um, You might need to step away from the, the stereotypical porn. And try to just see what works with your own fantasies and imagination um, and things like that. Spending time in front of the mirror can sometimes help, sometimes make things worse. And again, also, if you've had any issues with body dysmorphia or any kind of eating disorders, you might you really might want to do this alongside a healthcare professional. Because the last thing you want to do is trigger and have like a setback with things. So it's a delicate process. Um, take it slow and easy and if it works keep going if it feels if it's make things worse stop and try again
1: I love that absolutely and and that's the thing isn't it it's kind of sometimes as well when we get emotions come up sorry I'm talking kind of more in the sexual so in 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 a a sex situation Mm -hmm. sometimes it, it can be confusing sometimes things that come up for us and like you said earlier sometimes it's kind of stepping away from it afterwards and journaling on it and trying to identify what that core emotion is. Because I've had that in situations with someone and at the time I'm like, what, why do I feel really triggered by this? What is this from? And I've like unpacked it and it's, oh, okay, that links to that. I've got an issue with that because of this, you know, and it's a little bit of shadow work that I've perhaps done around it or, you know, discuss with like a therapist or someone. Like I I recognize I'm very lucky now to have access to work with a therapist financially, because there's times in my life where that was never going yeah. to be an option for me to do mm-hmm. you know no way but yeah I'm, I'm very aware but even if you don't get to work with a therapist here in the UK there's often it's very limited but sometimes you can get free access to counselling and so on so definitely mm-hmm. seek it out if this does come up but if that isn't an option then I think journaling around anything on this front any shadow work you can do in respect of your body and sex and I'm so B. Sorry, I'm trying not not trying to take the mic. I have met someone and I'm. Oh my god, I feel really weird saying this, putting this out there. I've (laughs) I've been interviewing someone and started seeing someone, and um, he's great. Like he's he's passed like lots of the things with flying colors thus far. I haven't got to that stage. And um, I've journaled on a lot of things that have come up along the way because when you meet someone, when you start having sex with somebody, it's very hard to remember where you begin and they end and that's often been my problem in relationships or sexual relationships. So it's very good to, as you go through the process, no matter the stage of your relationship as well, to really like journal on those little triggers that come up, I think, you know, um, because it can be so overwhelming, especially when you are starting out with a new, new sexual partner or even just having conversations with them before you've even got to that stage. So for me, that's been a lot of, create a lot of sanity around this terrifying process,
0: but enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think forgiveness, both self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others is quite powerful. Now, this isn't necessarily talking if someone's been assaulted. That's like a whole different kettle of fish. But it's more those bad sexual experiences that no one really benefited from or it was quite one-sided. So you can kind of, this is what I've been doing recently. I've been working on the heart chakra and part of that has been forgiveness for past relationships. I haven't worked on like the abusive emotional aspects yet, but sexually I've looked at the sexual relationships I've had. And um, particularly when I've been like a teenager and things. And I've had to forgive myself for not having those boundaries in the first place, forgive myself for allowing my pleasure to be, to come second or not even anywhere in the lineup of importance things. Um, I've forgiven others for like, I've been ghosted before. So it's forgiving someone for doing that because that's their own shit. Um, forgiving myself for like when I've had, I've not been in a relationship and cheated, but I've, kind of been seeing lightly one person then another and then another because I didn't know what I want um and I've forgiven myself for that and I think that these moments have been quite healing in me being able to move forward in my sexual journey with myself and I I still have hang ups I still sometimes struggle to initiate sex and and speak my desires well not I can talk about them but I sometimes struggle to take steps to have my desires met so it's it's an ongoing process and um, I think for all of us and I, I like to be transparent with it.
1: I love this conversation because you've also got me thinking about I I've spent a lot of time the last kind of couple of years like living my nun lifestyle of not having sex for a few reasons not because I haven't been able to get it because I'm telling you now I think most people in the world if they wanted to could you know like genuinely there's always someone out there that is a willing participant but Mm. um for me I had such a really honestly I had so many years as as a you know as a younger person with such limiting self-worth that my validation was sought through relationships and sex Mm. and I couldn't I couldn't be single firstly because very much I think that society was like if you're single it is it it was seen as failure Uh, you know I feel like that was very much a prominent aspect um, you know perhaps a decade ago a bit further back than that but also I just couldn't validate myself so I always needed to have someone there to do it for me and in recent years I've very much been like I want to not do that. I want to be on my own. But also because for me, like, sex is such a powerful energy. I love creating. And I really feel, and I'm very nervous of this, that when you are it's all linked to your sacral chakra so when you're having sex Mm -hmm. and you know I always find that I haven't got so much creative energy and I'm really conscious of that do I want that like do I want to have sex in a relationship with someone or do I want to hang on to all that stored energy that's not going anywhere to make things like that's that's my genuine like thoughts on it
0: Uh, yeah that's a real interesting concept because there's some sexual magical sex magic practices where they encourage you not to actually orgasm or to release the energy in that sense but to build it and build it up and up and up and then don't release it and then use it in other ways so that that is um kind of another way you can do sex magic which is quite interesting um and i I relate to to that to to an extent as well because i'm historically i've been the type of person where if the sex is good like physically good um i will overlook red flags and such because I get like if there's only there's two things I've ever found like, addictive in this world it's been sex and food um so I've had previous experiences where like when I've been in the toxic um relationship where we've had falling out and it means it could mean that they've been abusive and then we've I've been like yes no we're not doing anything and then sex will be on the table and I'll be like yeah we can do this like and my heart yeah. might be out of it but I'm still engaging in these behaviors that aren't good for me and the first really good sexual relationship I had when I was um, 18 he was an asshole but it, my attitude was shut up get your dick out and then we can forget about this no problem let's just have fun and um, so for me I, when I came out of my eight-year relationship I had to really not just casually sleep with people because I knew I'd just fall straight down that rabbit hole again or just have a yeah. series of bad sex and just be sorely disappointed <laughs>
1: completely relate honestly and I think now on if I'm really honest it's easier for me to be in my single energy and embrace the hermit the crone life whatever I des- mm. you know decide that it is now than it is for me to get back into a relationship because I've been so used to being with my own self my own energy kind of the concept of sex and all of that feels like a new minefield again because it's it, yeah it's 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 a, it's a difficult one and I guess as well like there's I, many of our witches might have made the choice that they aren't going to. A lot of us witches, like myself included, we are very, very solitary, not to just the point of our craft, of our life, because sometimes the collective and so on feels just too much. And, you know, sometimes meeting people that you resonate with isn't the easiest, especially when it comes to partners, because, you know, I've met guys that, like haven't got the witchy thing, and if if that's a huge part of your life and it's your spiritual beliefs, and you know sometimes it just you know it's it's tricky often to find partners that can understand the life that we're living as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of us will remain single because we just don't want to muddy the waters and can't mm-hmm. be asked explaining it all to them or being ridiculed as well. Because I've sort of had. To you know, obviously they didn't last very long and got a few strong words, but a few guys that have um yeah, just sort of been um a bit insulting or sarcastic about the witch aspects of me. And and that's a huge part of me.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm really lucky in that my current partner, um, who is male is really open-minded and has some spiritual practices of their own um but yeah I've definitely met people where it's again it's like that filtration process of I try and mention that I'm pagan early on just to see their reaction or to mention that I work in a crystal store just to see their reaction um and yeah it's yeah it's a minefield absolutely so are
1: there any resources or books or podcasts or anything on that front resources wise that you would happily recommend for our listeners to explore further?
0: Yeah, so there's lots of um sex specific podcasts out there. Um just type into your preferred podcast platform and there's quite a few. There's um a lot of it is run by women, which is nice if you are a woman. Um, but there is male ones as well. A book I've um, recently got that is amazing so far. It's called Sacred Sex. And it's by Gabriella Hurstic. I hope I'm pronouncing that mm. right. And it is yeah. so good like she's got um activities that you can do like there's journaling prompts there's tarot spreads and the the information is so good and the she knew what she was doing because the book itself feels soft and the font is like this blood red and it's Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous and I, I can send you a list of other things to put into the show notes as well like some body positive instagrammers and things like that and happily share and a book called oh always forget what it's called again we'll put it in the notes I think it's sextrology is that the one that I told you about Carly yes
1: yes it is yeah. I'll put that in the show notes as well yeah mm-hmm. I know you highly I- rated that one
0: I've had that since I was i was probably about 16. Um, I brought it back and my mum was like, what on earth? And I was like, look, mum, just let me do it. She was like, all right, see yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's got like highlighter all over it because obviously I was quite young. So whenever I would get like a new partner or had a new crush and this was their thing, I would highlight it. And over the years, it's been really accurate. Not so much with the pairings and how one sign pairs with the other, but it just, it makes sense. So yeah, I really recommend that book as well.
1: I'm a nightmare for that with especially like astro- <laughs> astrological signs I'm like if I see, like see someone online I'm like no that's not gonna work for me as the Leos <laughs> and I know I shouldn't yeah. do that because obviously there's so many other placements you've got in your birth chart yeah but there that's is a little bit girl. with me that's like yeah I already know how this is gonna go <laughs>
0: yeah your venus and your mars are quite important when it comes to sex venus venus more so in relationships and how you have like harmony a little bit of the sensuality and what feels good mars is more in the passionate primal kind of essence and then the moon is to do with your emotions so the moon's quite important in that aspect as well but your sun sign definitely gives off first impressions if you know what i mean
1: well, you've obviously been doing a lot and I know you've got mm-hmm. a lot coming up this year as well. So what can you tell us that our witches need to know about?
0: Yeah, so in the, this coming year, I've got, um, they're in person at the moment at Colchester Essex. Um, I do monthly crystal workshops and they all have different themes. So at the moment we're running through the chakras, but we've also had like cleansing, grounding, protection, divination, um, I'm thinking about moving them online as well. I'm just trying to work out the logistics for that and being careful not to take on too many projects at once because I know what happens. Um, I'm, The main event coming up is at the Colchester Castle Museum on the 15th of February in the evening. It's £15 for tickets and it's an evening of central sorcery. So I will be talking about sex and spirituality. That will be about a 20-minute talk, so it will be a much more condensed than this. There will be a historian who works there who's going to be talking about the history of sex and um, probably more throughout like the Roman times and things like that. And then we're going to be doing like making little vulvas and penises out of clay. So you're making like your own little amulets, even right. if you don't see as amulet, even if you're not a pagan, it's still like a fun thing to do. And just by doing that, you, you're connecting with sexual energy and it can be good for po- bo- positive body positivity um, there's a lady I know she runs uh Boobieful makes. I think that's the name of the thing. I'll give you mm-hmm. her Instagram link. And she did where you make a clay vase and out of a woman's body. So you make it yourself and that mm-hmm. now sits on my Aphrodite altar. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing like a micro version of that. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, make sure to check it out. If you've got any questions about it, just pop me a message and I can explain, what's going on and and I'm also going to be starting so my friends um, work at Stinging Bullfish which is a tie-dye company Mm. Um, and they do some really cool crystal inspired tie-dye sometimes and we they're we're going to be doing like streaming video games and just doing like live chats so that's another project I've got in the making that's still in early stages so yeah lots of exciting stuff um happening just follow me and I'll post about it really excitedly when it's going to (laughs) happen
1: I love this Absolutely love this. I've loved this topic. And you know what, sometimes when I'm just trying to mainly focus my life on doing witchy things and weightlifting or whatever, I'm sometimes like poo poo, you know, sort of worrying about my sex life and relationships and so on but then I remind myself B, if you look at the goddesses and the gods you know and all the mythology mm-hmm. most of that pretty much all of that was you know all these ups and downs that related to sex and love and that just shows you how important it has been and always will be <laughs> yeah
0: and we you know I really advise everyone everyone to learn to fuck yourself really good <laughs>
1: yeah you know what I mean so
0: you don't need someone to fill that 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 you don't need someone to fill that hole sorry (laughs) um and it's just so liberating to know you don't need someone to do that for you you're not gonna have to put up with x y and z to just try and get something satisfied and we also can't expect someone to bring us pleasure if we don't know what pleasure is for us otherwise they're just in as much of a guessing game as you are
1: Absolutely, so having that clarity and understanding from you know from us working with ourselves what what it is we want and what we enjoy and yeah, absolutely this has been such an enlightening conversation, and I'm really glad we got into it. I feel like we really got into the bones of it and you know pushed some boundaries on some of the conversations. Yes. I feel really. It, like positive about this. It's given me a lot of food for thought. B, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so oh, thank grateful. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about this in in a healthy environment as well, where I'm, I'm, where we're heard and ex- we're allowed to express ourselves, and no, no, not a shameful space, but a nice, open, safe one, and beautiful. Thank you.